Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gap to Gap Radio. Today we're talking about parrying. But before we begin, my name is Holly. And don't forget you can call in live. You can call in live at 516-666-9488. And I'll take your questions and your comments about uh, the topics we're talking about today or anything softball related. Um, or you can go to Gap to Gap Radio Facebook page. The link is in the description. And you can send a message with your comments and questions there. I'll be watching the page a little bit. So if you are going to call or you're going to send me a message, give me a few minutes to get to the, um, to get to the call or get to the message because um, I might be in the middle of a conversation or whatever. If you're calling, you can listen to the show while you're waiting in the waiting room. Um, again, you can call 516 666-9488. And today's topic is um, power hitting. And so it's going to be a, a segment of four phases to talk about this topic. And the, um, uh, the purpose of this partly, I guess a lot of things are, come into play when I talk about this as a, as an instructor, this is the area that I prefer, I guess, or my strength probably in giving instruction is, um, is hitters with some power, uh, helping them develop their power game, so to speak. <clears throat> and um, before we get to that point, I want to kind of define power. I think uh, we can kind of call power basically um, just hitting the ball hard, although um, we don't want to disregard the concept of home run power because that is a factor in this. And one of the things about this we're going to talk about is how the game is becoming more offensive. The game is uh, becoming a little bit more power oriented. In fact, I think it's, it's worrying some players or some coaches, not necessarily players, <clears throat> excuse me. It's concerning, not maybe not worrying, but uh, noticing the power numbers have been going up. Actually, last couple of years, last two or three years, the power numbers have been going down a little bit, um, but they, they are consistently staying uh, pretty high in the last four, five, six years. Now, there's been some peak years in the past, but um, lately the, the years have been uh, pretty uh, significant as far as the power numbers uh, greatly increasing. <clears throat> So give you a little bit of statistics to kind of give you an idea about this. This is going through uh, the 2018 season. And um, the NCAA Division I, they have statistical trends going through 2018. The cool thing is 
the most college teams. There's 296 Division One college teams, so that's uh, um, outstanding because that's the most ever. Uh, back in 1982, when these statistics started, it was nine, there were 91 teams, <clears throat> and they were playing 36.2 uh, games per season as an average. Now they're up to 52.4 games as an average per season. Batting average uh, of all teams. Now this is taking all NCAA Division uh, One teams and comparing um, an average, comparing a total. The batting average, the highest batting average in the season of all teams was 2015 with a 287 batting average. Now, for the most part, since I would say 1993-ish, uh, the batting average has been in a 260-270 range. It's only got up to the 280 range twice that I can see, and that was 2015, the course of the 287, and then 2016, 281. It's slowly gone down a little bit. 2018 was 269. I don't know. I do not have the stats for 2019 to see how that uh, anything changed at that point. I'm assuming, based on a lot of stuff that I know, that it's staying about the same, if not a little bit stronger. The scoring runs per game has been in the fours uh, as an average since uh, 2010. Um, so the the highest number of runs scored was 2015. That looks like the most productive offensive year of all time for all Division One schools. That was a 4.82 runs per game was the average per game, <clears throat> per team. And then it went to 4.53, then 4.24. But it's been in the fours. Since 2007, went down under four for the 2008 and the 2009 season, then back up in the fours. Uh, up until that point, it's never been up that high. So the game is progressing in that way. Home runs per game. The most home runs per game was 2015 with 7,700 uh, .77 uh, home runs per game per team. So that uh, would be about a home run and a half for both teams averaging in a, in a single game. Um, so the, uh, the numbers have been uh, slightly about the same, just a little bit less. Uh, but they have never been – actually, that's the only time it's ever been point anything over seven uh, tenths um, or seven percent, excuse me, <clears throat> or point seven. It's been at a .6 range a few times, and uh, this in 2018.61. Stolen bases per game has been up and down through. Matter of fact, the very first year it was over one per game, and it's not been over one per game since 2000. So the running game is is it's been pretty close all the way through, but it's been down just a little bit. Earned run averages um, as a as a team, an average team. Uh, they were in the ones in the early games, 82 to looks like 91. Then they got into the twos. <clears throat> and then the first um, uh, time they got into the 3.11 ERA was 2006. It's been in the threes ever since. And then it went to 2015, 4.13. That's the highest earned run average uh, average of all time. And it's been uh, fairly high. Uh, since then. <clears throat> the strikeout numbers looks like that's been fluctuating a little bit. Uh, it's uh, the uh, most strikeouts 
in a game was 2010 with 5.48. In 2018, it was 4.73. Fielding average continues to get better as well. So, uh, you know, that's obviously one of the components, at least the runs per game is the fielding average. One of the things, too, if you look at statistics, they do not have it in the trends, but the walks have considerably uh, uh, increased uh, over the uh, the last few years, offensive walks have uh, increased. It looks like so hitters are, are developing a little bit better uh, better eye. So before we go uh, get talking, uh, last year I interviewed Lonnie Alameda from uh, Alameda from Florida State, and we talked about this a little bit about some trends and changes in the game. And uh, I want you to hear what she said. It'll take about a little over a minute. But she says a few things in this uh, in the interview, and I want you to hear what she had to say about the trend of uh, of the offense. Changes that you've seen in the sport maybe in the last I, – I think it's changed a lot, and it feels like in the last two years. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe in the last three, four, five years, any of the major changes you've seen in the sport? Uh, offense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the offense is getting better. Um and I don't think it, everyone thinks it's because the pitching's getting worse, and I don't agree with that. I think that we're bringing really good offensive-minded coaches in, and then I think a lot of us females are learning from a lot of the offensive-minded coaches, and we are uh-huh. all growing together, and the game is getting uh-huh. better offensively. Um, we're getting strategy. Uh, there are more games on TV, so more scouting yeah. is happening. And uh-huh. when you put all that together, you've got smart offenses working against really good pitching, and you know, back in the day, kids could throw 80 games and a gazillion innings and have a .1 ERA. And, right. you know, now with all this information and, you know, we have relievers, we have closers, people are starting to work mindsets with that. Baseball's been mm-hmm. doing it for a gazillion years. Why are we any mm-hmm. different? So I'm going to say offense is changing our game a little bit, and it's pretty outstanding. And I think it's going towards a, a better, well-rounded roster I think you're going to have more pitchers that specialize in, in one area to be able to come in and get you out of something or maybe give you three innings of relief. I think there's going to be a lot of really cool things that change with our game as we yeah. move forward. So she speaks about a lot of things there, of course, in the changing the game. That was the the intent of that part of the conversation. If you want to hear the full interview, uh, she's amazing. Uh, very impressed with her approach as a coach, as a teacher of the game, as an ambassador to the sport, uh, just as some amazing, very, uh, uh, really interesting insights to her uh, as a coach and as a, as a human being. Uh, you can listen to it on this, on this site and um, uh, on the blog talk radio site that you're listening to here in a previous show last year. One of the things she's talking about there is uh, bringing in offensive minded coaches She's talking about some of the females learning and, and uh, adjusting there. I think she's, of course, implying uh, probably a little bit coming from the baseball side. And there's no doubt there's a trickle down, if you want to call her, a trickle forward or trickle over her or some type of uh, concept as far as that. Because uh, softball for many years, is, as we all know, if you're listening, you're most likely aware of all this stuff, but um, softball has been extremely speed-oriented, um, low-scoring, dominating pitching, uh, completely dominating pitching, <clears throat> and that's still a big factor. But it is becoming more and more offensive. 
more runs being scored. And I think probably people enjoy that, I guess, over, uh, of course, a little bit less the, the very traditionalist softball people probably don't like it when it uh, when it's a higher scoring game. But it is getting that way a little bit, according to the numbers, and probably most people are um, uh, talking about that. And with that said, one of the purposes of the National Fast Pitch Academy and the other uh, on the National Softball Prospects, one of my focuses as an instructor in, and as uh, someone helping girls find their colleges that they want to go to is to help them find places to uh, to go, but to to make them the best players they can be to become attractive to these college programs. And as a, as a hitter, there's essentially four types of hitters that uh, when I look at them as a college coach, when I was coaching, when I look at them now as a softball uh, hitting instructor, uh, helping girls find schools and everything. And I think it's a, it's a misconception is that we feel like we have to be good at everything. So we break down offensive players, um, position players, non-pitchers in five categories. We break them down in hitting, which can be pretty much, uh, <clears throat> I guess, batting average. If you want to look at that, it's like, are they a, a singles, doubles? Are they getting hits? Uh, the second thing is power. And that's going to be uh, total bases, slugging percentage, home run numbers, uh, and, and would include RBI numbers probably a little bit. Throwing would include arm strength, arm accuracy, arm quickness. Uh, fielding, that would include range, uh, how good your glove is, how well you position your play yourself throughout the whole uh, part of the fielding. And then running. <clears throat> now, running has an impact on the fielding and has an impact on the hitting on the offense uh, if you are um, especially a, a speed player. So in that area, as far as the hitters, there's four types of hitters that they look at. And I, was gonna, and I was talking about is you don't have to be great at all five of those. You, if you're, in fact, probably some of the greatest players ever were, was great at one or two of those and pretty good at maybe a couple of them, maybe not very good at all. Um, so for example, you can be a great home run power hitter, a lot of RBIs and even be a really good catcher or first baseman, but not be very fast. You can be super fast with not much power. That was going to make you a great defense center fielder possibly. So, um, it, I would say it'd be better to be outstanding in, in one or two of those areas than to try to be good in all five of those areas or average in all five of those areas. Now, obviously, if you're outstanding in all five, you're a super special player. Those players do exist, but they're very rare. So back to the hitting is there's four types of hitters. There's the slap hitter. And I'm going to say it seems like. Now, uh, just from my, I watch the, uh, when you watch the College World Series, there's fewer slap hitters. Uh, they're still out there and they're still being recruited and they're still used and utilized as a offensive threat. To me, uh, as an overall uh, hitting coach, as an overall coach's perspective, one of the things that, I, uh, that concerns me a little bit about slap hitters is that it seems to limit their ability to do things. If they're super fast, and they can get on base and things. But I really prefer, and I think the game is going this way a little bit more, I want a hitter so if, the, if it comes back around and there's a runner at second base with two outs, I'd like to, I would rather have a line drive hitter that's going to maybe knock her in as opposed to just 
uh, trying to get on base and just a slap. Of course, there's the uh, different kinds of slaps, types of slap hitters. I'm not trying to decrease the effectiveness of those at all. The second type of hitter would be the speed hitter, the on-base hitter. This is the hitter that may utilize the, the slap, may, uh, but also definitely will utilize the base hit bunning, will utilize uh, using the whole field, getting on base, the walks, uh, those type of things. That player, top of the order, maybe bottom of the order, that's going to get on base and score a lot of runs. The, ultimately, the goal is to score runs. And um, the the if you kind of mix the team with some speed and some power, that's you're usually going to be your best shot at having a pretty productive team. The second type of hitter, excuse me, the third type of hitter is going to be the, the home run hitter, kind of the feast or famine. She's going to get the ball in the air a lot, probably does not run very well, probably hits fifth, sixth, seventh in the order. Uh, strike out, strikes out maybe a little bit more than we would like, pop up, pops up a lot, that type of thing. Power hitter, not much of a batting average hitter. Then there's the fourth hitter. This is the superstar hitter, the, the hitter that's hitting some home runs, hitting with some power, RBIs. Also runs okay, uh, but is uh, with a high batting average, a pretty good on-base percentage, may walk a little bit. Now, with that topic, I'm doing a series on my video. Um, um, it's my National Fast Pitch Academy, my video series. I'm breaking in the, down the top five home run hitters of 2019. Jesse Harper led the country in home runs in 2019 with 29 home runs. I'm pretty sure she's out of Arizona. And I'm breaking down mechanically their swing. And so far I've got Jesse Harper and then Mia Davidson from Mississippi State, uh, her swing, and Bailey Hemphill from Alabama. And uh, those three hitters, all three uh, have pretty good batting average. I would put them in that fourth category, although they clearly are home run hitters, but they're home run hitters that hit for an average. And those are super effective, very successful hitters that you want in the middle of your lineup. They, they kind of anchor your lineup. So uh, you can be a home run hitter with the hits for an average, or you can be a, a good hitter that hits some home runs, that type of thing. But we're talking about increasing your home run total. And I know that's sometimes even a taboo type of a thing, trying to hit home runs and stuff. Uh, but we're going to talk about that in this series. There's four phases. First, first phase is just kind of talk generally, kind of set you up uh, for where we're going, what the purpose of this, and what we're going to talk about. Phase two is the preparation part of it, uh, preparing this is the mechanical aspect that would include the load, uh, your launch position, your weight transfer, that type of thing. And then <clears throat> phase three will be the attack. This is your attack angle. This is the backspin. This is going forward uh, with the barrel, uh, the contact point, launch angles, and that type of thing. And the phase four, I'm just calling it getting it strong, getting stronger, and we'll talk about that. Each of these shows uh, will be, or each of these uh, yeah, radio shows, we'll talk about each one of them, each different phase, and go from there. So, so anyway, the um, we've kind of talked about what is power, basically hitting the ball hard. But we're in these four phases in this series, we're really talking about. I want really want to talk about home run hitting, uh, hitting the ball hard 
on the ground is great, and we want hitters to do that, but we're really talking about the highly productive home run hitters uh, like the three I was talking about before that's going to hit uh, in the 20s range at the college level uh, with some pretty good batting average. Not the feast or famine type of hitter because that's really not what, what we're looking for as well. In my opinion, those hitters can be productive, but they're they're not as productive as uh, as maybe even maybe the least productive of the other hitters because even if they get on base, they may not be very fast. All they're doing is hitting the ball in the air. Their outs are not super productive usually. Okay, so then we talk, We have talked about what a power hitter is. Talking about is hitting the ball with, uh, with some authority. Now, the cool thing, and I'm going to talk about this because I am a metrics person, and I'm going to talk about this as we go along, but uh, we can evaluate uh, a power hitter based on how hard she hits the ball. We can evaluate how much power she has based on exit velocity and or uh, bat speed, bat velocity, all these metrics and stuff. But reality, what we're talking about is if you're not hitting home runs at a regular rate, so to speak, um, some of these hitters are hitting like a home run, like one every one game or at least one out of every three games. You're, you're not a power hitter. You're not a home run hitter. Uh, It's not, we're not talking about potential home run hitters, I'm trying to be a potential home run hitter. We're talking about <clears throat> trying to be a actual home run hitter. And so you've got to have some qualities to you uh, to be able to do that. And one of the qualities is strength. One of the other qualities is bat speed, uh, bat velocity. And I've talked about often, I use the word bat velocity in, in, um, to de- describe, define how fast a bat is moving in miles per hour to the ball. Uh, blast technology, bass, uh, I test that. We estimate, <clears throat> I'm estimating probably about 70-ish miles an hour, bat velocity to hit the ball about 200 to 220 feet in that range. Hit the ball over the fence would take about a 70, maybe a little bit more, depends on the size of, of the fence, of the field, uh, to hit the ball that far. A, a true home run hitter is going to be in the 80 range probably by the time she gets at least to be a junior or senior in high school for sure in college uh, in that le- in that level. So that's if you can't get to <clears throat> excuse me if you can't get to that uh, velocity, I don't know if it's even scientifically possible to hit a home run unless there's wind and everything you put everything together well. A home run hitter is someone also that can hit home runs, doesn't have to have that perfect contact, that perfect swing, that perfect everything, can miss a little bit, just a little bit, and still hit the ball 240 feet. And that is the, the uh, hit those type of hitters. Uh, and they're possible, and they're out there. There are a lot of hitters like that. You don't have to be big, but you got to have some power. you got to have some strength. <clears throat> now, the other thing about power hitters is we don't hit power just because we want to, we would like to. Uh, I actually had a, a parent come to me a few years ago with uh, his little uh, uh, nine-year-old girl and said he wants her to uh, hit home runs every time. <clears throat> Nobody does that, and that's not you know how it works. It's basically you've got to have some tools. Hitting for power, especially that kind of power, is much like <clears throat> running for speed. Uh, it's kind of a God-giving ability. You can, if you're not really, really super fast, there's not a lot you can do with that. You can improve your technique. You can do a lot of drills, but you can, you can increase it and stuff. Power, 
true power hitters, there's a little bit of God-given ability there with strength, timing, focus, ability to uh, connect to the ball, and we'll talk about it as we go along. Hitters that try to hit home runs on purpose, they try to create force home runs, uh, is uh, going to be a hitter, what I call is dingeritis. And I, I joke about it. I think I'm the one that invented this. I've been using it for guys so long. And uh, dingeritis is a sickness of home runs, trying to hit home runs. That's trying to lift it too much, which is too much of an uppercut. They're trying to pull it too much, trying to yank it down the line because it feels like that's the, where the more, most power is. And it's over swing and trying to hit it really, really hard. Those hitters with dingeritis usually might have power numbers or, or hit some home runs, but they're trying too hard and, and their batting average goes down. Their strikeout percentages go up. They walk really inconsistently. That goes uh, decreases in effectiveness. RBIs even will go down and things like that. So the, the irony of home run hitting is learning how to hit home runs without trying to hit home runs. It may be your goal. If, when you start trying to hit home runs, you start trying to lift the ball too much. It develops really, really bad swings. So trying to, it's, it's, it's a very ironic approach where you're, you want to hit home runs, but you're not trying to hit home runs. So the other part is like who can become power hitters? You know, I don't think everybody can become power hitters, but I'm not saying that it can't be a person either. You just don't know. Their home run hitters do come in different sizes. And so you don't want to eliminate somebody at 9 or 10 or 11 that's not showing potential to be that type of hitter that's going to be there. Nor do you want to assume someone that has a lot of power at 12 is going to be a home run hitter, power hitter at, at 17. So one of the things is, and I go through this uh, sequence, and I'm going to throw it, show it, uh, throw it right now. This is part of my initial series that I'm developing what I'm calling a crushing it program. A crushing it program is that where I'm going to test, evaluate, and screen hitters that have potential for home run power and then put them through a very intense uh, individualized program to help them be power hitters. It's a process that I'm working on. This is, again, one of the steps that I'm working toward that, the YouTube video is another part of that. And um, it's going to be individual lessons, but it's also going to be a lot of on your own work, a lot of people uh, learning how to uh, focus, how to uh, prepare physically, mentally, emotionally uh, to become power hitters. <clears throat> and so I don't think everybody can do that. And it's, and I'm not sure you want to even think about being a home run hitter until you're 13 or 14 at the at the earliest maybe by the time you're a freshman maybe a sophomore you may want to think about it at that point up until that point you want to be the best hitter line drive hitter you can be <clears throat> you start showing some power numbers and and things around that time then you can start thinking okay what can I do to to really uh, step this part of my game up a little bit higher I'm going to tell you college recruiting if you become one of those special power hitters you get, uh, if that's all you can do, you can you can play first, you can catch a little bit, even <clears throat> um, uh, you're not very fast, you don't have a great arm, but you've got great power, you become a very attractive recruit, a prospect at that point. So the, uh, again, we're going to break this down into four uh, phases, and each phase is going to be about, uh, it's not going to be real super long, and um, 
uh, each phase, we're going to talk about, <clears throat> um, let's see here, it looks like I have a call. It's not connecting here. I'm sorry. Oh, there we go. Hello. You there? Hello. This is Holly. All right. I got somebody online here, and it looks like they're 502 area code. <clears throat> and it sounds like maybe you're trying to talk, but you're disconnecting. If you want to track, uh, call back. Um, I'm kind of losing your your uh, connection here. So I'm going to disconnect you, and if you want to try to call back, uh, feel free to call back. <clears throat> okay. You know, it's technology. You love – I love technology. I hate technology. I'm a tech, techie kind of a person, but things like that happen and stuff. So if you are listening – and uh, you were uh, from Louisville and tried to call in. You couldn't connect. What was happening, is, it sounded like you were trying to talk, but it was disconnecting. It sounded almost like uh, you were out of um, service. You're going in and out or something like that. So uh, feel free to call back. I uh, hope to hear from you. Again, it's 502 or excuse me, 502, 516-666-9488 with any questions. And I'm looking on my Facebook page. <clears throat> I don't see anything there as well. So um, feel free to give me a call if you got any questions. I'll, I'll kind of wait a m another minute or two. As I said, you can listen to uh, Coach Alameda's on uh, a previous show. Uh, information is on my website, National Fast Pitch Academy. And um, uh, this is going to be the phase. Uh, this is the first phase of four. We're going to talk about uh, talk about this. We're really going to get into it heavy uh, for the next three phases. <clears throat> so if you're listening, you can come up or you can listen to this live or you can uh, listen to it uh, recorded archive. But make sure if you can, to if you get a chance to subscribe that way when you subscribe or uh, get, uh, uh, get on that list that when this show comes out that um, you're ready to listen to the to the next show. Feel free to send me an email, Holly Knight at National Fast Pitch Academy if you got any comments or any questions or anything like that. I don't see um, anybody trying to call at this point, so I'm sorry about that. And I um, uh, love getting, giving, getting callers. Feel free to send me an email, send me a message, uh, join Gap to Gap Radio or National Fast Pitch Academy on Facebook. Next week, next Monday, I'm going to have uh, Shonda Stanton. She's the head coach at Indiana University, and she's going to be my guest. We're going to talk about her, get to know her a little bit better. And then we're going to um, talk to um, – get to know more about the Indiana University program. She's only been there a couple years, and, of course, we've got the uh, coronavirus stuff going on. We're going to talk to her about – how they're handling that, what their plans are, the recruiting. That's the, I really want to get into the recruiting, what, what her recruiting philosophy is. But with these new rules and with the virus and with the uncertainties, I'm really very curious on how these coaches are going to do that. I'm going to try to get as many college coaches on here as I can and also get some high school coaches on there. But uh, any recommendations or anything, let me know. And I think that's it. I'm, I'm again, kind of, uh, Holding off, hoping the caller calls back here a little bit, but it uh, doesn't look like 
that's going to happen again next week at uh, at noon is going to be Shonda Stanton from IU and uh, follow the the page follow come to gap to gap and follow the upcoming shows all my previous shows this is number eight all the first seven shows are on the site as well appreciate you listening and hope to hear from you and have a wonderful day stay safe uh, stay uh, uh, keep working uh, we'll get out of this eventually uh, but stay safe thanks and have a wonderful day lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.